0: Today's episode of Teaching with Body and Mind um, here with uh, Mike and Ross. Tom can't be with us today. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hello, Ross. How are you today?
1: Joey, I'm doing well.
0: That's good. That's good. Well, uh, too bad Tom couldn't be here with us. Um, so, this is a uh, continuing installment in our uh, origin stories, if you will, of how uh, this little group came to be, our big body group, as, as I call it. We're also telling just sort of the stories of how we individually got interested in the topic of a big body play. So, um, my, uh, interest in the topic, uh, stems mostly from when I first began teaching, which is going like 13 or 14 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was finishing up my grad program at the U with Ross I was starting my t- teaching just two days a week out at Dodge. And I had some colleagues out at Dodge who, uh, I would be out in the playground watching and they were, um, they'd be wrestling uh, with the kids, uh, you know, having, having the kids wrestle each other, and they were wrestling with the kids, and sort of watching from afar, it's all just new to me, I'm just sort of an over-my-head new teacher, and uh, just sort of like, that looks that looks really interesting. I don't really understand, I mean, I understand, I, you know, like I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous about what they're doing, but mm-hmm. I'm also really fascinated. Um, certainly I played like that as a kid, you know, walking all over my dad and doing obstacle courses in the backyard, and that kind of thing, but to see it in a school setting was a little like, huh. And at the same time, again being a new teacher, it sort of having grown up shockingly as a girl. You guys might not know that, but um, you know, not spending a lot of time playing "quote unquote" boy games. I had all these little boys who were just like constantly back then. I remember these; they were Transformers, and they were just they're going into Transformer mode and Spider Man. I have to say, I didn't. I understood it, but I, but I didn't. It was just sort of like, really? Like, you're Spider-Man again. Like You were
2: not the one wanting to jump in and join them. No,
0: the like, oh, look, your web shoots. Like, wow, which is really just sticking your hand out with your wrist up. Anyway, so I was sort of like, not knowing that I needed to understand that a little bit more. Uh, to sort of a cultural learning, if you will, um, that I had to take on. So anyway, so that was sort of my context as, a, as an early teacher. Um, and then at the same time, I'm finishing my grad program at the U, and we have to do a literature review uh, as our kind of capstone. And so I chose rough and tumble play as a topic that I would read research on. Um, And so that led me down the path of really learning a lot about rough and tumble play and about the benefits of it um, and and, and how how important it actually is to development. Don and Natalie get all kinds of credit for for teaching me so much back then. Um, And then eventually starting that wrestling with, with the kids and even like, okay, like, shooting my own webs trying to realizing that t- striking right. those poses actually makes you feel powerful something I didn't really understand until I actually tried it on my own like or you know moving like a robot makes you somehow feel different in this your is body
2: happening around the ho- you're talking about around the house on your own oh yeah just watch <laughs> right. out and am going get you
0: no <laughs> No, yeah. more with the kids, yeah. like, okay, tell me what to do, learning from them. And, and, yeah. and understanding, again, it's still not my preferred way of playing, but understanding because I tried it.
2: And do you think because you were doing it more yourself, how did that change the interactive interaction levels with the children?
0: I think it's similar to um, to something Mike talked about at some point a couple episodes ago, that by, I'll say, kind of validating a certain type of play, then the kids felt more comfortable. Um, again, just shooting webs, you're not really going to get into that much trouble imaginary invisible webs um but i mean just that um that kind of little bit of trust that does build that, that relationship that that mm-hmm. builds when you when you're actually honoring their play and, and making like an effort to understand it
1: the first time i do like with certain kids with the transformers and i suddenly do it there's this at first a look of like is this for real
0: right and you then know like about, you know about right.
1: this too you know right. about, yeah and then it's like oh okay we're in on this together right. well, and especially then they...
0: transformers was sort of like some level of my generation. So, like, you know, yeah. the song, they're like, oh, my God, she knows that song. Or I went out of my way to learn some of the lyrics to the Spider-Man song, you know, that kind of stuff. And they're like, whoa, lady. Um, so, yeah, but I think, to your point, joining in, I think, uh, for the kids who were playing, it made them feel a little more trust of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that, that did happen. Yeah. Um, and, and I just felt better understanding a little bit more about what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, um, for a couple of years, after my capstone project and after experimenting this way at work there's a couple presentations we sort of take the show on the road and talk about wrestling at local conferences and and at the national conference at some point i don't remember when and my big uh point this is actually fun you will actually feel better when you get this kind of physical release and it will really hasten bonding with your students i mean you're actually having you know really close physical contact with them and
1: with the students who often teachers don't exactly bond with. exactly yeah. I mean,
0: because part of my what i actually had so much trouble finding and maybe it's there now this is because this is going back like i said like 13 years or so I was actually really interested in finding research on the role of touch in mm-hmm. development. yeah right. um, and that was really hard to find for for like a teaching kind of situation. Right. You know, there's some probably neuroscience stuff, but really, really not yeah. that much. And I know Frances eventually did write that book about it because she found the same things. like yeah. you have to you have to talk about essential
1: touch, touch. right
0: yeah. before you can talk about.
1: And what she told me was that she play. wanted to write big body play and realized she needed to write essential touch first, right in order for people to, right to kind of take big body play seriously
0: right and i'm i'm glad that she she did because I mean again the research just wasn't quite there i mean it's sort of like intuitively right. i feel strongly that touch is an important part of, of of human relationships but it was kind of hard to find that yeah. and certainly in teaching we don't right. always talk about that yeah. but anyway, so so the big body play was another avenue to have that kind of close physical contact again with my perspective as a woman i think so much of it is also like sometimes it's wrestling but think about girls sometimes it's just like tickling Or even just like, you know, really big hugs Um, and that kind of, you know, just that kind of physical closeness Mm -hmm. is its own kind of play. And then fast forward to sort of the last three years or so uh, when this group started uh, meeting in town and uh, word was out on the street that i was interested in big body play i guess anyway so one thing led to another and i got invited to, to join in and um it was exciting to pick the topic back up again with people who knew more than i did you know the research that other mm-hmm. pieces happened since then all the other ways that it touches on our teaching practice have really fascinated me the conversations that we get into as a group about um you know trusting your students trusting yourself mm-hmm. um all you know the it's kind of a risk to to say yes to this kind of stuff. So that's been a really fascinating avenue. And then I think the other sort of new lens that I have, as I have sort of been revisiting this topic um, in the past few years with you guys, is what we've already talked about is, you know, working against that mind-body split. That That's sort of that's sort of at the heart of my interest these days, is right. who are we to ask somebody else to stop something that's happening in their body? And, mm-hmm. you know, w- would you do that to an adult you know, yeah. um, just the ways that we kind of disrespect, um, children's bodies, but also the ways that we, as a culture would prefer that we were just a bunch of brains walking around in jars.
2: Going back to your pursuit of touch and trying to find research on that, that again, it's one of those, it seems like there's not a lot of research cause it almost be a kind of a no brainer, but even for new, b- new babies, yeah. we're not just leaving them there. We're snuggling, we're, we're, we're holding, right. we're being close there's a lot of touch that often happens, and we know that's great for development. And
0: we know if they don't have it, it's not good. I mean, exactly that's, you know, that the, that's the one that thing research. you can find in the research is put the baby in the, the little isolette. And yeah, there's
2: the, the negative research. Yeah, or whatever you'd call yeah. It the, yeah. What happens when it's not there? with
0: infants who are preemies and stuff like that? They learn that. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so that we again, it's 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 there, but we continue to come either disregard it or separate it from. Well, no, but now that they're three or four, we need to get those brains ready to start reading.
0: Right. I wonder if kids are sitting together at group time and they're touching each, you know, one's arms around another, or even if they're just kind of pawing at each other, but it's not like a problem for neither one of them. We tell them to stop.
2: Yeah. You know, right. it's like,
0: well, but the, I mean, assuming everything's yeah. going okay, they kind of get to decide, yeah. right? Right. Yep. I mean, and maybe not everybody does, but yeah. I feel like you know, hands to yourself is is yeah. this mantra. Um, I understand why, but yeah. at the same time, not letting kids think about what they want and what they don't want and. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a rule like that is, like, now,
1: but... going to this idea that rather than having us actually negotiate real-life situations, let's just stop the potential of a situation happening. Yeah. I think, that, And that's, to me, that thing of, like, no touching. Like, I'm thinking, I, you know, have this kid who used to be in my class. Now she's in first grade, but is upset at her school. She's not allowed to hold hands with her friends. For it's serious? Like, yeah. Wow. Well, because it could lead to fighting. You never know. Yep. Yeah. Human affection doesn't stop ever. Yeah, you know what I mean, right. and I, and I understand there's like,
0: well, then I always think of the lines lens you get
1: to, you know, lines you, but and, yeah, I know we have to wrap up today's conversation.
0: But I also think of the lens of how long kids are in often structured programs, whether it's school and then after school care or childcare for a full day. You know, and and then you put that lens on of like, okay, yeah, it's not appropriate for school, let's say, but okay, how many hours of a day is a kid in that? setting and that really changes how you should set up your rules about that too i mean Mm -hmm. so anyways
2: well i think there's just that other piece too that there is disruptive wrestling and touching a group time and so we know that and we want to honor recognize that there's that again it's not we that's often in our presentations there's this question of a free-for-all like well you just let them do it whatever they want whenever they want and of course not but you know you've got to Established, and it, I think it comes back to the relationships, the social piece, yep. the emotional piece. That coming together, and I'm going to trust that you can sit there. But if it's getting to be too disruptive, well, then we're going to find some new spaces right. to sit.
0: And then I feel like a jerk because it's like, oh, here is the highlight of your day sitting next to your friend and kind of being a wacko together. Yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes I'm like, who cares about my book? You guys are like, right? So that's you important. Know, yeah. So elated doing anyway. So that's yeah. that's another topic. But um, you know, sometimes you do have to listen. Yeah. To get back to sort of the origin aspect of it, these regular hangouts that we have where we talk about it, it's been a very fulfilling way for me to enhance my teaching practice. And so it's mm-hmm. it's always awesome to just because you start with one thing and whoosh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And that's
2: why this podcast has come about. And we're gonna hopefully share those conversations, those questions, and mm-hmm. you know, because we thought, why not just put these down so other people can listen or join as well.
0: Uh, anyway, that's where we should wrap up for for today. So thank you for listening to today's episode of. Teaching with Body and Mind, and thanks for being here, Mike.
1: Yeah, thank you. And Ross. Thanks, Joy. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Mind. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.